uh, but welcome to the second class of fasting. And uh, I'm just so uh, appreciated that you come, that you came. And I believe, and even though, like I was saying in the church, and I even said uh, last Wednesday, I believe that this is monumental and historic for this church. It doesn't take a lot of people to move the hand of God. All it takes is serious people with a heart towards him and his hand can be moved upon this country, upon our lives and everything else. So I'm I'm excited about it. My wife would be here, but she's in Pendleton. She's doing it for her job. She's working in Pendleton. So they, you know, she's suffering. She had to drive a cheap Jeep Cherokee and then she's like, she showed me pictures of the hotel and all these nice things. I'm like, man, government is really blessing you today. So, huh? No, I don't think they had snow, but they did do the Jeep, so if they did, I don't think they did on the way today, but they may coming back, because I know it's supposed to get worse. But um, uh, we can um, just remember that fasting, it's a he- comes from a Hebrew root, which means to put your hand on your mouth, to cover your mouth. That's what it means. And uh, that's what we're going to do for starting tomorrow, and uh, start a Daniel fast, and there's a it's just a moderate fast. It's not an absolute fast. And it's not just a designated fast. Because um, uh, throughout the Bible, people fasted often. There would be like, um, sometimes they just fast for that night. Like the king, when he fasted for uh, Daniel, he just fasted that night. He turned off the music. There was no music. We're going to seek God. I'm not going to do anything pleasurable because my bro, because he was a good friend of him, but because he got tricked in making a law, ended up, um, had to, um, uh, so he said, I'm going to fast all night, and I'm not going to hear music. But we all know the results of the people that tricked him. Uh, the ones who, who tried to plot against Daniel when, when, uh, the, when the king uh, went to the, um, the, 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 the cave, the lion's den, he said, Daniel, the one who serves the God most high continually, are you okay? And, and you know what Daniel said? He goes, oh, king, live forever. I mean, if I was in the lion's den all night, I don't know if I'd be saying, hey, bro, what's up? You know, that's what he's saying. He's honoring him. But he said, don't worry. The angels have shut the mouth, and God has protected me because I did nothing wrong. And so, um, but the people that accused him, they got thrown in and their families, and before they even hit the ground, their bones were cracking. That's what the Bible says. Sorry, I may be kind of a little descriptive, but it is that way. So anyway. So um, if you notice on this second page, this is basically just word, but um, so is the first one. But on the second one, you see how that, that, um, that picture's kind of tweaked a little bit? It's not leveled out and straight and all nice. My wife would be like, Andrew, why are you doing printing things like that? Well, I did it on purpose because before this seven days is over, you're going to feel like that. A little tweaked. <laughs> you're going to be a little turned a little bit. And, and you're going to be challenged because you get challenged with your emotions. You get challenged with your, um, your um, frustrations because if you get frustrated now when you're not eating and you're not eating for a few days, you get frustrated even more. But it is a good discipline because what it's going to do is going to help you in your own personal life in Christian disciplines. Um, let's go to the, the first page. Um, Jesus said this. He said, uh, well, this is an interesting scripture. This scripture, it, it, there's one in, uh, in Mark 9.29, which is this one. Jesus said to them, this kind comes only out by prayer and fasting. And it was a kid that was, um, couldn't hear. He couldn't hear, couldn't see, and he was demon-possessed. And, and Jesus 
cast out the demon, and the disciples said, why can't I do it? He says, well, you couldn't do it because you're a little faith. If you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you probably could have done it. And how be it? Guess what? This only comes out by prayer and fasting. And I like to focus on the first part, prayer. If you, if you do this Daniel fast, and all you do is just suffer and don't eat, and without prayer, all you did is a diet. Jesus said this comes out first. The first most important part is prayer. We pray, then we fast. And so, but, but in Matthew 17, um, 21, there's another scripture where he said the same words basically in it. The, the, newer, the newer translations took this out in the old um, Latin Vulgate and in the King James, they said prayer and fast. And somehow they kind of like, if you notice the NIV, they don't even talk about fast. I don't know if they didn't like the fast, so they took those words out. I don't know what the deal was. But, um, but this was an interesting story because Jesus is up on the mountain of transfiguration, we call it. And when he was on that mountain, he told his disciples, you'll see, you'll see my, me in my glory in not many days from now. And he took just a, a handful, you know, I think it was uh, Peter, John, and James. And they went up to the mountain, and then all of a sudden, the glory of God comes to the mountain and then appeared to them two people. And who were they? Moses and Elijah. There's only three people in the Bible that fasted for 40 days. And guess who they were? Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. There's something about when you mean serious with God, you get to be in special places that a lot of people will never get to even get to. But because they were committed. And I don't think it's no coincidence that those are the ones that were chosen. But I love, I love when Peter was there. He goes, man, this place is so good. Let's build a temple to everybody. He wanted to like just start worshiping and, get, and pitch tent. And uh, God said, no. Before you knew it, the glory uh, 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 went away. Jesus is shining like a bright light. And, um, and the voice from heaven did say, this is my son, hear ye him. But um, afterwards, there was nobody left but Jesus because Jesus is the only one that's worthy of worship and praise and building temples to. This temple here is built for Jesus. Amen? Okay, so uh, Ezra, we're just going to go over a few people that pray, prayed and fast. Ezra, um, he, he fasted, and I was talking about Ezra on Sunday because this guy was a very dedicated man. I mean, he was like uh, very um, strong in the word, and he knew about fasting and what, what it was when he um, uh, when he, um, when the king gave him favor, check this out. The king gave him favor and supplied him with gold and, and, and uh, money. Check out what, what, what Ezra had on the travel from, from uh, where he was, where they were captive, going to Jerusalem. Listen to the loot that he had. He had 20 tons of sil- silver, 2,700 pounds of silver articles, Seven uh, seven thousand five hundred pounds of gold, twenty um, twenty um, gold bowls, eight in value of a hundred thousand no as one thousand gold coins, and um, he had fine um, fine articles of polish and bronze and precious gold. So he's going down the road, traveling in a long ways. And when you got that big of a caravan, and when you have that many people, and you have that many precious things, I guarantee you. There's a rumor out in the world saying there's money right here and we need to take care of it. But Ezra, Ezra was smart. He was, first of all, he, 
He could have, he had so much favor that the king, he could have got the king's um, favor and had him guarded, but he was already preaching to the king saying, my God is the God of the earth and he protects and all this. So he was ashamed to ask him for guards. So he said, look, since I can't ask for guards, here's what we need to do. He said, it said that I'm going to proclaim a fast at the river of Ahava. Ah- ah- it's a, it's a uh, outlet or a, a stream by the, the um, I believe it was the um, Euphrates. And it said they might, so that we might humble ourselves and seek God for him for a right of way for us little ones in all our possessions. And one, one part of the, the same prayer he talks about, he, we're going to pray so that we'll, he will protect us from bandits along the way. When's a good time to pray? For protection. When you, when you fast, you pray, and you seek God, you say, God, I want protection. And if you notice in that verse, um, uh, um, verse 23, it says, So we fasted, and we entreated our God, and what happened? He answered it. Because we made business, we knew that he was our God, even though we were ashamed to even tell the, the king to do this. And it said they got to the place, and they, they did not lose one dime, and they were protected along the way. So that, that was really cool. And then um, one time um, in, in chapter 9 of Ezra, and we're talk, just talking about him as a man that prayed fast and was a man of the word, he said, at the evening sacrifice, I rose, I rose from my fasting, having torn my garments and robes, and I fell to my knees um, and spread out my hands to the Lord God. He was just um, a person that would um, cry out to God and just end uh, up. Uh, So anyway, so we know that's, you know, fasting there. So then even Nehemiah, I mentioned it a little bit last week about Nehemiah. Nehemiah um, was the one who helped build the wall of Jerusalem because they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is God's city. It's, it's the city of the king. That's what the Bible talks about. It's the great city. And to have those walls and those doors broken down was a total reproach and shame. But Nehemiah sitting in the king's palace, got to eat the king's meat, got to hang out with the king. Sometimes we get so comfortable, we forget about really the peril that's around us. And so he, when his fellow brethren came to him, he said, hey, what's up? You know, how's it going? You know, how you doing? He's, he didn't know he's going to get a real report. Well, it's horrible, they said. The walls are broken down. The things are burning. Um, uh, we, we're in total reproach. And the God who made the heavens and the earth, it, we're not looking good right here. And so what, what, what uh, Nehemiah did is it said that, um, so when he heard these words, he sat down and wept and mourned many days. And what did he do? He said, I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And because he was going to go ask the king for favor. Now, see, when you're, his, his job, he had a cool job. It's called the cupbearer, you know. So what, whatever, so he got to hang out and eat, and, and they actually... If you, if you could last a long time, you end up being really good friends with the king. And evidently, he was friends with the king and the queen. But see, the bad part about a cupbearer cup job is that what you're doing is you're drinking the drink that he gets before he gets it in case somebody's poisoned him. So if you die, then the king knows he got to kill whoever gave him that, that drink. So it's a dangerous job. It's one you take into your hand, but... 
So anyway, he, he, um, he had authority. And what happened is God gave uh, Nehemiah favor, so much favor. First of all, when he came before his presence, after he prayed, after he fasted, he just didn't go, I'm going to go in there because I'm friends of the king. No, he says, look, I'm going to cry out to God. Um, and every time, if you notice, when Ezra fasts, when Esther fasts, when um, uh, Nehemiah fasts, when people fast, usually there's not only is there a prayer and there's fasting, but there's repentance that goes along with it. It's a heart-searching place. Because as you really, as you really take time to pray and seek God, He's going to show stuff in your life, and He's going to He's going to He's going to help magnify the things that we need to be taken care of. So anyway, He prayed, He confessed, and then He got favor. And they said not only did He give them uh, the ability to go and take time, but He gave them license to get Lebanon trees from Lebanon and all these different things. And He ended up um, being supplied and guarded. They guarded Him. He they He didn't have to ask for guard, but he, they guarded Him. And what he did is he built this wall, this uh, wall, and I'm, I'm trying to get to a, um, a series on um, Nehemiah um, for our church. But he built this wall in 52 days, which um, was miraculous how it was built. Because to do that work, even with modern equipment right now, it couldn't even hardly be done in 52 days. These guys did it manually, but God's work, it, it was such a move of God that when the people saw when he was done with that wall, they said they perceived that this work was brought by God. They, they, they knew, hey, you can't do all that. Because they mocked him in the beginning. If a fox run up that wall, it'll fall down. There was like nobody's doing it, and they just was tearing him up. But every time he just prayed and he seeked God, but God blessed him and honored it because he fasted. Now then we come to the story of Esther. Esther's another one where she... You know, you, you know the story about her. The king, the king had a wife that he, he was having a party, and he was, everybody's getting, you know, catching a buzz, feeling all good, and I'm going to show off my beautiful wife. And she said, I ain't going. And so he ended up uh, uh, dis- disgraced by it. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to kick her out, and I'm going to get a new wife. And so they looked for the fairest person, the uh, nicest person. They picked Esther, a Jewish young lady young, beautiful virgin. And so when she's in the palace and she's getting all the benefits of the palace, she, everything's going good, but then you got, you got Nahum plotting against the Jews, trying to kill God's people, which is always, there's always somebody, the enemy, plotting to kill and destroy. That's because that's his plan. It's always been a plan. And that's why God gives us the power and the weapons to be able to overcome him. So he, he takes... Uh, she she's in there hanging out, feeling good. She heard about, you know, things are going kind of crazy. She heard her uncles out there um, uh, weeping and mourning. But she says, man, I can't go before the king because cause she's, he sent a message to her servant. said, I can't go before the king because if I do, you could get killed. Even Nehemiah was taking chance. When he went before the king, not being called, if he didn't pull that sepulcher out, gone. They're gone. So it was a big gamble. And Esther was afraid. She says, no, I can't do it. But Mordecai said to her, said to her, he said, he said that if you don't go, your family's going to die and, and you will die also. And so she realized that I need to do something. And so she said, there's something that I can do and that we can do as a team. And this is the scripture right here. She said, go gather all the Jews and present them in Shushan, and what? 
fast for me. Neither eat nor drink three days. So that's a three-day fast. No water, no food, no nothing. And then she said, and a night or day, because a lot of times people will fast all day and then eat at night. Sometimes that's a modified fast. You could do that if God's leading you. You know, you don't have to fast all the time with nothing and do that. But if God's giving you grace and he's calling you to do it, do what he's called you to do. But she just said, hey, this is serious business. I could die if I go in there and I'll be hurt. And she said, night and day, not only would she fast, but my maids and I will fast likewise. Everybody fasted. And, and then she said, and so will I go to the king, which is against the law. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to go to the king unless he calls you. And if I what? Perish, I perish. The most famous words of Esther. If you think about Esther, you think, if I perish, I perish. But you don't realize, she just didn't say those words and have boldness. But she said, after we do the necessary thing, after we pray and we fast, then if I perish, we perish. And we know the story. She did not perish. She got favor, and Nahab, with this big dally that he made for um, Mordecai, ended up getting hung on it with all his family where he ended up. It's like the proverb says, whoever digs a hole for somebody, guess what? They're going to fall in that hole. Or whoever tries to push the rock on somebody doing an evil work, the rock will roll back on them. And that's what happened to Nahab. But I believe that it only happened because they were consecrated and used the tools that God has already gave them. They fasted and prayed. Hallelujah. David was a faster too, man. We know that he took time to fast. The only thing is sometimes David fast and prayed and he didn't get, well, he didn't get the answer he wanted. And, you know, that's, too, that's also true, and we'll see it right here as a scripture. But look, because a lot of times we think if we fast and pray, we have to get what we want. No, 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 no. It ain't about getting what you want. It's about seeking God, finding out his will, and sometimes he says no, period. Boop, puts a dot on it. Exclamation mark, baby, above it. Because it doesn't have, fasting doesn't make God do things. Fasting gets us into a place where we have a right heart and a right a spirit, where our ears are tender to his word, where we could understand and see him, and we could call out to him, and then he could really take time to speak to us. So we'll show through the scriptures how that happens. But um, David saw somebody, David was praying for somebody sick. He says, but as for me, when they were sick, My clothing was sackcloth, and I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer returned to my heart. Evidently, God wasn't going to heal this person, whoever. I don't know exactly who he was praying for. I don't think it was the child that he was praying for, but he was praying for somebody that was sick, and he said it returned back to his heart. Now, the key is this. Get the jam going. No. Uh, Sorry. I got me going there. But, um. So the key is, not that he didn't answer the prayer, but David knew what to do. You get in a place where people are sick, you know, people are dying, people get cancer, man. I've seen people, I knew a lady, check this out, I knew a lady that had AIDS in New York. She gave her life to the Lord, and she prayed and seeked God, and she got healed of the AIDS, but she still went to her group meetings where they're counseling, and they're like, everybody's losing weight, she's gaining weight, she's looking good, everything else, and and she's given happy testimonies and everything else, and she says, you know, I can't help it. I just believe God, and God 
healed me. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to get healed, but sometimes you will. So God can heal. But see, David knew that with the sick person, I can't just pray a regular prayer, because sometimes our regular prayer, God will answer that, but I got to get serious with God, push my plate, and fast, and, and see something happen. Look at um, the, next, the next verse, which is Psalms 109.24. It says, my knees were weak through fasting. Evidently, he believed in fasting, didn't he? He fasted enough where he's like for real fast. This is for real fast. That, that ain't like no Daniel fast. You know, I can't have rice. I can't have... No, he's like, I ain't eating nothing, but I'm seeking God. His knees became weak. His flesh um, became a, a, a lack, feeble and a lack of um, fatness. In other words, you get skinny. And trust me, if we do a Daniel fast next year, even on a Daniel fast, even though we eat, some of y'all face is going to go, and everything else, and you do, that it does happen. But it's a great time. I said last week, it is a good time, and we're not doing it for this reason, but it's a good time to change your eating habits if you really want to eat healthy. So Daniel, um, not Daniel, David, in uh, the, next, the next one says this, Therefore I plead with God. Oh, this is the, the story. Remember when uh, David fell with Bathsheba, right? He lusted after her from the roof, had his servants come and get her. He had, he had, um, uh, he mated with her. She became pregnant. He killed his, her husband. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And, and I think, I think that w- the biggest reason why David was getting in trouble, and you know, one, you know, sin, one thing about sin, when sin, you conti- when you sin, and you do it purposely like that, with intent like that, it becomes a snowball effect, and you can't control it. Because a lot of times what people try to do is they say, well, I'm only going to sin a little bit. But once you open the door to sin, the devil just, oh, I'm just going to let you sin. No, he's going to open and do a bunch. So he ended up lying. He ended up getting his friend drunk. He ended up, um, you know, uh, sending him to the front lines. And then he ends up, um, uh, 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 you know, killing him. And then he takes his, his wife, Sheba. And so what happened is um, uh, she had a baby, and the baby was sick. And so David prayed for this baby. And it, it, and it said that um, David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and he fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground. And, and what was funny, too, the servants of the, that were around him, he didn't tell them to do it. They just started doing it, too. And then all of a sudden, David hears them whispering, the baby. David washes his face. He moves on. He's like, and they're like, I thought you were sad. He goes, look, I was doing the best I can, but that baby's gone. He's in heaven. And now I know where he's going to be where I'm going to end up one day in heaven. But the, 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 the thing about that is that he took time. He fasted. But, you know, he's like having bad luck on fasting and praying because nothing was going right, was it? You know, just think, here's the deal, though. If he didn't, if, I believe fasting and seeking God, he not only got the will of God, and he was, and he was not mourning afterwards because he was, he was praying to God that when it was done, he just trusted God what happened. If, if somehow God would have healed this child, then we don't know that if the next child would have been born. And you know who the next child was that was born? Solomon. That's crazy. Out of all that evilness and all the lies and the wickedness, because God in his love towards us, even though we're frail and we don't do things right, is still able to make something good out of our negativity. Because Solomon was, a, was the wisest person on earth next to Jesus. And I love the book of Solomon, the book of Proverbs. 
And what's really cool is that not only is the book of Proverbs um, uh, in the, you know, the center of the Bible, but it's next to his dad. That tight? Who taught you like that, man? You know, like, hey, that's my boy over there. He's on the book of wisdom. We're singing over here, and he's got wisdom over there. But I believe that, you know, a lot of that is um, through fasting and just doing the things right. And then we go to Jeremiah down here. Now, Jeremiah, this is a scripture where um, Barak was, uh, got his scriptures, and he is reading the scriptures. And then uh, uh, God uses Jeremiah, and he says, go there. Go, therefore, and read the scroll which I have written at my instruction, the words of the Lord. Go read the word of God. And I love this. And it says, in hearing, the, of the, 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 in hearing of the people in the Lord's house on the day of fasting. Why did he take, why did he say, go read this word? Why did he just say, go read the word? My word is good. He said, no, I want you on a particular day to read this word to them on the day of fasting. Because he knew that when during the time of fasting, that's a time where we're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We hear things from God more clearly. You know, even like, even when, um, you know, you ever notice when you eat, all of a sudden you get tired and you get foggy and things aren't really working right, it seems like. I mean, you're just like, whoa, whoa, that was a good meal, but man, I'm beat now. You know, so, but the thing is, is that when you fast, it's an opportunity to read God's word, to hear God's word, and hear it in a sensitive way where God can truly speak to you. And that's why uh, I believe one of the reasons why uh, Jeremiah told him to do that. He says, read it, read at the Lord's house on the day of fasting, and you shall read them in the hearing of all the Jews who will come to their city. Why? Look at the next verse. It may be it may be that they will present their supplications before the Lord and everyone will turn from his evil way and for his great anger and the fury of the Lord has been pronounced against the people. He was like, man, if you could catch them while they're praying, while they're fasting, give them the word and then maybe their hearts will be tender enough to turn from their wicked ways so that God can heal that land. But it came through fasting. He knew that fasting would be a key to it. You know, uh, um, there's so many scriptures. I was saying last week, there's over 80-some scriptures on fasting and praying. So we only have a few here. But this, this, this booklet right here, the second part, is something where you could meditate on, on like when you do start fasting, you want to just know scriptures about fasting, use the word. But I looked up, you know, uh, Jeho- Jehoshaphat. This guy, he was, you know, one thing about kings in Israel, there's not too many good ones. You ever notice that? They're always falling, doing things, going crazy, doing stuff. But there was one good king, and there's been many, like Josiah and Hezekiah and David. And, but but Joseph, Joseph, Josephat, he had something going for him that made him unique and made him uh, not fall the way of the other kings. And one of them was the way he handled himself. So Jehoshaphat feared and set himself, he set himself to seek the Lord. And that's what we're doing too. It's not just like I'm going to seek the Lord, but you set it, you purpose it, you plan it. Um, I love one, or one of our brothers said, I've already got a bunch of veggies. I'm already planning this. I, I got it down. I'm going to get my stuff, eat my beans or whatever. And some people might say, well, that really ain't a fast. Trust me, at the end of seven days, 
You're going to wish you had some meat, some bread. You're going to wish you had some soda, a cup of coffee. I mean, I haven't had, this is, I don't know, this is, it would be a long time of coffee without me for, I'm telling you, because I'm used to coffee. But, um, and if you get a headache from not having coffee, that means you are pretty much addicted. So if you get a real bad headache, just know that that is addiction. So, uh, but just to, you know, make you feel good. No. But anyway, so um, Jehoshaphat, he set himself to seek the Lord. And you have to purpose it. And not only for this time as we do a Daniel fast, but as you, as you get into hard places, that, 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 that dad that wanted his son delivered, not even the disciples could deliver him. But Jesus said if you had faith, if you had faith, and if you prayed and fast, that kid can be delivered. So a hard decision, hard ways, you have to set it. And so sometimes you might just say, well, I'm going to fast um, from this morning till night, and I'm going to seek God, and I'm going to spend time. Now, the key about when you do absolute fasts and even the Daniel fast, you must pray. You must pray. I, I fast and like, like, man, I didn't pray, man. I'm just like on a diet. Forget that. I want to get, get old of God. And so you must pray and seek him. But it said that he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. Because, like, everybody's fasting. They're like, what? Yeah, the king said so. You better hurry up. And then um, I talked about a few Sundays ago about Jonah. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know the story of Jonah. But, you know, to realize that the mercy and the hand of God was changed. God changed his mind. And he don't have to do that. Because God could do whatever he wants. But when he sees people truly cry out with repentance and make the sacrifice and clothe themselves in sackcloth and purposely say in their heart that I'm, I'm going to fast and seek God, things happen. Let's read this story right here real quick. It says this. So the people of Nineveh, they proclaim, uh, the people of Nineveh, first of all, they see Nona, Jonah, all full of weeds, preaching this hard message. Guess what? They believe God. They're like, this dude's crazy. We're going to get killed. God's going to destroy us, man. He's walking through this whole town. He's taking all day, walking for days, telling him God's going to destroy you. He didn't have a good message. There wasn't no three-point message. It was one. You're doomed, bro. It's over. But God, in his mercy, these guys, they've heard about the God of heaven. They heard about the God who delivered his people from Egypt, who parted the Red Sea. They heard about the mercies of God. So they said, they, so they proclaimed the fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. And check this out. The word came to the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne and laid aside his robe. See, that's one thing about fasting. we got to just forget about our, our position, forget about who we are. Just lay our robes aside, throw our stuff aside, and say, God, I'm nothing without you. I want to just seek you, and I want to cry out to you. Even the king threw down, laid his crown down for a time of fasting and laid his robe aside. It said, and he covered himself with Ashgot, with um, sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout um, Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying this, Let neither man nor beast or herd or flock taste anything. This dude was serious, wasn't he? He says, not only are we going to fast, but guess what? Kitty cat going to give fast too. Your little puppy, little, little, little king puppy or whatever, little Toto. Uh, the Toto is going to be fasting. 
He says, I don't care what it is. They're not, and he put them on a real fast too. He's like, they're not even going to taste water or food. Because man, if we don't do something serious, if we don't, when the bigger the problem, the more serious you got to get. And God's a big enough God to handle any problem. But when they, when they did this, look what happens. It said, it said that um, they didn't drink water, but let man and beast be covered. And they even covered the beast. You imagine that? Your little cat that's throwing dust on them and all that. Got the dog, put the blanket on them, man. Everybody's looking all sad. Even, even, you know, even I'd have Diamond, my, my Diamond, my Doberman, be like, oh, all sad. I'll put some dust on her. You know, and he's like, hey, man, whatever it takes. If that's what the king says, let's go for it. And it said that, and then, but here's, here's what the thing, always with, um, um, with um, fast, and it says, and cry mightily to God, yes, let everyone turn from his evil, from the evil, and from violence that is in their hand. And Nineveh was known for being violent against Jewish people and everybody. They were brutal in their, in their, in their, in their militant, in their military. They were brutal to other nations and people. And then this is what the king said. Who could tell us if God can relent and turn away from this fierce anger? He's like, hey, we're going to die. Just sort of like Esther. Hey, if we perish, we perish. But who knows? Maybe God, if we really get serious with them, he'll turn this from us. And it says, it says that um, uh, then God saw their works. I love it. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. When you make business with God, he sees your works. He's not far away where you cannot hear. I like Isaiah said, he is not, God is not deaf where he cannot hear. His arm is not short where he cannot say. He said the only thing that's stopping, in Isaiah, that one, he said, the only thing that's stopping God from touching and reaching is, is your sins and iniquities have kept him from it. And these guys, they turn from their violence and cleanse their hands. And he says, who knows if God could... Uh, turn and relent, and we may not perish. And then God saw their works, and they turned from their evil ways, and God relented. God changed his mind from a disaster that he said he would, um, he would bring upon them, and he, and he did not do it. That's crazy. He changed his mind. He protected their life. Hallelujah. And they repented from God. That's crazy that God will do that. And I think if God will take an evil, brutal, violent country and answer their prayer, why would he not be quick to answer our prayer as we fast and pray? Why wouldn't he be? I believe he is, and he will. Now, for you seniors, if there's a senior in here, maybe I'm the senior here, so I'll I'll say it. Nobody's going to claim it, but if you're a senior... Yeah, look, I see, I see, I see. If you're a senior, this is a good scripture because one thing I can say, though, the older you get, the harder it is to fast. But if you do it often, it's not as hard. It's just if you do it once a year, it is difficult. But the older you get, the harder it is. But I want you to know, uh, learn about this senior right here. And this is the New Testament because some of you might say, that's all Old Testament. Those Old Testament people, like um, somebody was teaching on... Um, on um, fasting in the church and um, and when they were driving home the daughter says I'm not going to fast and he said he said um, he says why don't you know a lot of people fasted in the Bible good people fasted and she goes I'm not going to fast he said 
No, she said, I'm not going to fast. He said, why? He says, because you'll die fasting. You'll die not eating. He goes, he goes, but a lot of people fasted in the Bible. And he goes, yeah, I know, and they're all dead. <laughs> so I was like, hey. So it's going to take some stuff. And, and he said, now, but that, this scripture is in, in, in Luke, when um, uh, Anna got to, a prophetess got to see Jesus Christ. Not everybody got to get their hands close to Jesus. Only certain people. I mean, God did do the shepherds and things like that. But not everybody had divine, special appointments. And she had one. Anna the prophetess, the daughter of Phanael of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age, and she lived with her husband seven years from virginity. And this woman was a widow about 84 years old, the seniors. Anybody, nobody's 84 in here, right? So what happened? It said she did not depart from, and she said, and this woman was a widow for about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with what? Fasting and prayer, day and night. Let me read it from a living translation. It kind of gives a little more clear view of, um, of her. Listen to this. It says, Anna the prophet, who also... Uh, who, who was also there, and this is when um, Simon saw, saw Jesus. And he said, now I can die because I've seen the salvation of the Lord, man. I've got to see Jesus, man. He was waiting for him. He says, but she said, now they're also um, in the temple. She was a daughter of Phanel, a tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when she was married only seven years. She lived as a widow at, 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 to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed praying there day and night, worshiping God, fasting with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began uh, praising God, and she talked about the child to everyone who'd been uh, uh, waiting and expecting for God to rescue from Jerusalem. She got to be in the place. Could you imagine? She was in the temple all the time. Praying and fasting for years. And I don't know if she ever seen the hand of God. I don't know if she even, you know, you know how sometimes you're like, man, I'm tired of fasting. I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of doing this. I don't never get to see God. If you just hold on and you just wait long enough, Anna, she had to wait a long time. But she got to see and touch the baby Jesus and see the Messiah with her own eyes because she was devoted to God with prayer and fasting. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that as as we seek God and as we press in, as we go forward to God, we may not see results right away. God ain't no popcorn God. I mean, we got microwaves and we're like, hurry up. And back in the day, you'd be like 30, 40 minutes, but a microwave's going to be four minutes. God ain't that kind of God. He's not going to do, pop things for us. Sometimes he might if he wants to, but God is in no hurry. You know that a thousand years is as one day. God, the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And he said a thousand days is as one day, and a thousand, a thousand years is one day, and one day is as a thousand years. In other words, time means nothing to him. God invented time. Before time, it was just eternity. 
Once we get to heaven, time clock's over, bro. It's all just eternity. It's existing, being with them. But God isn't going to move all the time the way we want. But if we stay persistent and we be faithful to pray and to do the things that God told us to do, Paul said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, that season, we don't know when, we don't know the hour, but in that season, you shall reap if you don't quit and don't faint. You will get your, your blessing. And if you don't get your blessing, the prayers that you pray, even when you're dead, are still alive and could bless your generation, your children, your grandkids. Because look, when we're gone, God does, oh, he's dead, I don't have to answer the prayer no more. I don't think so. I think this church is standing here right now because of people that have prayed and are long gone in heaven right now. And God's still answering those prayers. I believe that John Wesley's prayers are being answered when he raises up people that seek God and preach and do his word. He prayed hundreds of years ago, a couple hundred years ago. But God's still answering those prayers, and he will the next generation and the next generation. But it makes a difference. So seniors, be encouraged. You could fast and pray. You might have to modify it. Check the doctor if it's something that you're worried about. But you could do it, and, and believe me, God will give you results. You know, the church in the, um, in the New Testament, they really didn't make major moves unless they fasted and prayed first. And this next scripture is Barnabas and Saul. See, a lot of times we make too many fast moves. You know, people are so quick to make a move. You know, they want to do this, do that, marry him, you know, divorce them, you know, do all these things. And they don't even fast and pray about it. I believe that if we fast and we prayed and we seek God and we, we really uh, would do that, our lives would be so much better and so much um, easier. Because a lot of trials and tribulations are self-wounds and self-afflicted. But if we fast and pray to God, we could get the right directions. Now, as we, this is um, uh, the, the disciples, the leaders and the disciples when they wanted to send Paul and Barnabas, it says, as they ministered to the Lord, you know, minister mean they worshiped, they spent time with God, they read the Bible, they were doing things, and fasted. Because as you fast, it brings you to that place of denying yourself, saying, I'm pushing away the flesh, and I want the Spirit. And that's one reason, too, why I have this, too, on the, um, that picture. This is your meal, the Word. Get the Word, man. Start chewing on the word. What did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone. When the devil tried tempting him with food, he's like, man, I've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and I am hungry, but guess what? I'm not living by just food alone, but I'm living by the word of God, that per every word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's where Jesus was. But Barnabas and those guys that said they fasted, and the Holy Spirit said, now separate me. You fasted, you prayed, now, we're, gonna ready to, we're ready to change destiny. We're ready to make Paul and Barnabas a team that's going to go out and win souls, establish churches in the pagan world. Now's the time. Because you fast and pray. He said, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, to do the work which I've called them to do. Hallelujah. And then another um, in the same uh, chapter, it says, and then... Having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. You know, instead of just, oh, okay, here's an offering, you know, guys go, you know, whatever. They fasted, they were serious about it, they prayed, and they did it. And that's what I love about even the Free Methodist Church. Like when we had our um, 
you know, the um, conference, they said that Friday they would uh, encourage people to fast and pray before they start ordaining people and doing things. They were seeking God and doing that. So it's important on that. So the church really made their moves by fasting and praying. This is another guy who just, he was a Gentile, um, Cornelius. Um, and who, who could tell me what a Gentile is? Non-Jew. Oh, look, Trevor's up there raising his hand. I do, I do. <laughs> it's somebody who, and, and somebody found out in their, that their seed is, we, we were having a conversation that you have, you're part Jewish and part Gentile instead of not just all Gentiles. So um, as you check your, line, your lineage. But this guy was 100% Gentile. He was Italian. Bada bing, like that. This is the good stuff. He was Italian named Cornelius from the Italian band. And it said that he was, and he was, he had, he knew, he saw in his mind that these Jewish people worshipped of God and he respected them and he helped build temples and he was just like, hey, he started just giving to alms to the people and doing things and he was like really seeing that this God's alive. Even though I'm, I'm only a Gentile, I desire to be with this God that you guys worship. And it said for four days ago, he was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, he prayed in his house. And behold, a man stood before him in bright clothing. And he told him to go to Peter's house. Guess what Peter's doing? He's up on the roof praying. I don't know if he's fasting, but I know he's praying. And God said, it showed him a vision of um, things falling down. And he said, don't call nothing common or unclean. And that was the first introductory for the Gentiles to come in the New Testament, and it said they were filled with the Holy Spirit, just like the people in the, uh, the Jewish people on the book of Acts, on Acts chapter 2. Okay, so, then, um, just to say that's done in the New Testament, and then Paul, of course, was my hero. I always call him the Michael Jordan of the New Testament. I love, look, Michael Jordan, I love Brother Paul, because he was a fanatic. He was killing Christians one day, and then the next day, he's nothing but all about Jesus, willing to be stoned, beaten, it don't matter, shipwrecked, persecuted, laid out with a basket from a roof, uh, uh, beat with 50, 40 stripes minus one, three times more than Jesus been beat. I mean, he was like, I'm going for it, bro, I'm in it. But it, look what, he, what held him, why he did this great ministry and built these churches. He, he was a, a, a person of discipline, and it says this, he says, um, uh, where are we at? Uh, it says, in weariness and toil, in sleepiness often, in hunger and thirst, and in what? Once a month? Once a year? Every day on your year? Every decade? No, he fasts often. And some of the fasts, though, he, he does admit in one of his chapters, it's a fourth fast. You know, like when you're... When, you, when you're running and somebody's persecuting you or you're in jail and you don't fast, you're kind of like, like, Lord, can you please bless us into a spiritual fast because I don't get no food, but can you honor this? And that God could do that at the same time. So, trying to wind it down, and we're getting close too. So, um, so anyway, Paul did it often, and I, I believe that, um, you know, in the Christian church from throughout the ages did it often, but somehow... We've lost the desire and the heart to make sacrifice or to uh, deny ourselves and pick up God's cross. And I believe that God wants us to do that, and as we do that, he's going to honor us uh, 
he's going to honor the church and honor, honor, honor our fast and hear our cry. Now, this is a scripture in Zechariah, and I just, um, uh, just to reinforce our motives why we fast. It says, say to the people in the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned the fifth and the seventh month during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? And it says, for me. We always got to be careful when we fast that we do it in the, the right way, you know, not looking like we're all, I'm fasting, oh, you're fasting too, okay. You know, we all look miserable and got ashes on our hair. And, you know, we don't brush our teeth, don't comb our hair. And it's like, oh, Lord, those people, man, they need to get, get off the fast, man. Take a shower. But God doesn't, but God wants us to have our motives. And that's why, like, at the prayer list on the first uh, handout I gave, it said, God's going to search our heart. And part of it is motive. Why am I fasting? I'm fasting to lose weight? No, I'm not. I don't want to, I, I do want to lose weight. Trust me, I do. I, you know, I, I do have, like, I keep telling people they don't believe me. I, I have the six pack, but it's underneath the cake. And maybe at, at the end of a 21-day fast, maybe something will show, maybe a little diamond here somewhere or something. I don't know. But, but I don't mind losing weight, and I don't mind that at all. But that is not why. God said to, to Zechariah, what's the fast for me? For me? Question mark. That's why we're fasting. You know, we're not just doing it so we can talk about the veggies and do things. And, and it's okay. We have fun. Enjoy the journey going to be miserable. It's going to be fun. You're going to have highs and lows and all that. Just enjoy the journey. It'll be tough. You'll get creative. Man, I heard of some of the, the recipe. Man, my wife threw so much stuff in this one thing. When the pan with the salad bowl weighed like about five pounds afterwards, I was like, what are you putting in that thing? But, you know, it's just, it's, it, 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 but it's for God. It's for his reason. We want to hear his heart. We want to see his church be promoted. We want to see the name of Jesus Christ lifted up in this place. We want to see salvation of family and lost ones and everything else. So we keep the motive right, and um, and that'll keep us uh, going all the way. This is a good little um, parable that Jesus spoke about, just about prayer. It isn't fasting, but it's about praying. And it is. it does have fasting in it, but it's not about, um, well, listen to it. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Notice who he prayed with. He didn't pray, really, not to God. It was with himself. Because if we don't have the right attitude, if it isn't for me, it's for us. And God wants it for him. And he said, he prayed with himself. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. He's pointing the finger. I fast twice a week. I give my tithes of all my possessions. And the tax collectors, um, and it says, uh, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much even raise his eyes to heaven, and he beat his breast, saying, "God, be merciful unto me, I'm a sinner." I tell you this, and this is what Jesus said: I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. And you know that word "justified" means just as though you didn't do nothing wrong. He went home right with God because he had the right attitude and the right mindset. But check this out. Rather than the other, um, 
rather than the other. The other went home. He didn't have nothing. He prayed to himself. He left with himself. God wants us to pray to him and leave with being justified and right in the sight of God. And then he says, for everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and, and who, he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Now, I wrote that scripture that I talked about last week because I didn't have it on the paper. I wrote it for encouragement. I put boldness, too, so that um, to remember as you suffer, as you're not feeling good, you know, and just thinking of things and meat and all that, just remember the bowl of veggies or a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than the steak with someone you hate. <laughs> so, hey, hang on to whatever you can to get you through it. And God's going to help you. And I believe this, that God gives you a supernatural grace. And I found at times, and I've seen a lot of people do it, God's grace is so much on them while they're fasting. They're like, I'm going to go, like they said it for 10 days, I'm going to go 20 days. And I never recommend that. Set in your heart what it's going to be and go for that. Because look, when you get to that after the 10 days on that 11th day, you're not in the grace. I mean, God could honor it still, but basically God gives you grace for the thing that you said because it's a union between him and, and, and you. So just go for it. If it was easy, praise God. Take a week off or a couple weeks and try it again if you want to see what God wants you to do. But don't, don't try and go beyond because you feel grace because there will be grace there. There will be grace there. Amen. Is there any questions about fasting at all? Are you getting excited not to eat? <laughs> That's a hard thing to do, but I believe that you'll, you'll, you'll definitely get the results, not only physically and mentally and emotionally, but God, I believe God's going to hear our cry, and he's, he's looking down on Salem, and I bet you money, if I could hear him, he's like, those are my people, man. That's my people. It's called by my name. If they cry out to me, I'm going to heal their land. I'm going to seek, they're going to find me, and they're God do great things. So, Father, I just praise you, and I thank you for um, everybody that showed tonight, Lord God. We, we love you. I pray for a major grace upon all of our lives as we fast. Help us not to get grouchy and try and yell at people and get all weird, but we just pray, Father, that you will just help us in Jesus' name to seek your face and do it for you, not for ourselves, but for you. And we know that if we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all those other things will be added to us. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.